I am Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I have a life and relationship coach, Brad Kenny, who works with single and coupled people who want to either prepare themselves for their next relationship or get to a better place in their current relationship. He has spent over 2,000 hours in classes, volunteering, studying, reading, listening, and mastering what it takes to have clear communication and self-esteem. Brad, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Lucas. It's a pleasure. So Brad, tell me and tell, the, tell us who you are. Where, what's your story? Where did you come from and how has it led you to become a relationship coach? How long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) All day. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, let me give you um, the Reader's Digest version. And um, I come from a family of uh, five boys. I was the middle child. And um, growing up, there was a lot of um, good old school upbringing with um, lots of uh, abuse, physical, mental, emotional um, and no trust um, in relationship, no trust from, um, you know, for a, with love from a woman, um, with my mother setting the precedent. And then my dad ended up abandoning the family. And uh, so I had some serious trust issues to work through and abandonment issues at the same time. So as I was growing up um, with no real example of really how to walk through this world as a man or um, in relationship with someone. I had no idea of boundaries. I had no idea of what it meant to be in integrity. I had no idea what it was. And I ended up hurting uh, quite a number of people, Um, some out of selfishness and some just because I was completely oblivious to how my way of being, how my way of walking through the world had its ripple effect on people. And slowly but surely, I started to wake up and realize that, wow, what I do affects people. And initially, I was only seeing the negative effects. And then a couple of years ago, I went to a transformation course. I mean, this is, this is after probably 15 years of counseling. And slowly waking up more and more and realizing that, wow, I, I really need to watch what I do because what I do matters. And especially with how I was in relationship with women and my quote unquote respect for them. So I went to this course, Ascension Leadership Academy in San Diego, and completely changed how I how I view myself and how I walk through this world. And I realized that while my actions can have a negative impact on people they can also have a a positive impact Mm. what i started to do was really examine what was possible for me and it took me back to when i was 16 years old and walking down the streets of seattle i could just see how many people were just lost and in pain and i just all i wanted to do was to just reach out to them and say you can have different and Mm. It was really overwhelming at times. And then going through this course, I've met a few people. One of them told me that I was an empath. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, what what does that mean? So that's a really good question. Um, There's a difference between having empathy 
which is where someone is able to identify with uh, an emotion that someone might be feeling because maybe they felt it before. So for example, if you've ever felt super frustrated and angry, I could identify with that because I felt super frustrated and angry before. But what an empath does is I actually feel what you're feeling. So sometimes it can be um, really overwhelming. So I have to make sure that I keep myself in check so that I don't get in that same state that they are because they need me to be grounded and sturdy for them. So after you went through the leadership training, the transformational leadership training, and you started recognizing all the blockers and in you, but also the, how you relate to another and how, how deeply you feel for, for another person. How did that journey lead you into your coaching? Uh, That's a really great question. And so the way that it led me was, so the, the, the course has three levels and I, I went through level one and I said, okay, I know what's, I know what's blocking me. And I know I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do in this lifetime because before that, I was basically running on fumes for any amount of hope that I had left that I would find something that I could do to um, be a change of force in this world. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the second level and I went back to my job. I had a talk with my boss and I said, I, I quit. I'm, I know what I'm meant to do in this world. And he said, <laughs> he said, all right, let's, let's take a moment here. Uh, let's think about this. And I'm thinking to myself, um, well, I'm, I'm, I've thought about it and I'm, I'm good. So, and he said, well, you know, um, let's take the Thanksgiving holiday weekend and kind of mold this over. He goes, you're a valued member here. You're, you're, you're really good at what you do and you've got a great, you know, thing going on here. So, Let's think about this. And if you're really set on this, we'll come up with an exit plan for you. I'm like, okay, I can wait three days, right? So um, we came back and we talked about, well, what does it look like for me? And I said, well, let's just finish out the quarter. Let's finish it strong, earn a good commission check, and then we'll see where we are. So I did that. And I went into him and I said, yeah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I can tell. So we agreed that I would finish out one more quarter and then um, have an exit plan. And then got to month two in the quarter and he took me out to coffee, which he actually did on a somewhat regular basis. But this time I just knew that he was going to ask me to stay. So we got to coffee and I'm just waiting for it. And he goes, I need to ask you a favor. I go, you want me to stay? He goes, yeah. And I go, I can't. And then he actually convinced me to stay one more quarter, but I said, I can't, that's it. It's absolutely it. And then I finished out that second quarter and I ended up um, selling the house that I had bought only eight months before, um, cashing out a 401k, getting everything packed up and moving from Seattle down to San Diego so I could start my vision of being cause for change in this world. And the thing that really resonated with me was what I recognized when I was 16 walking down the streets of Seattle just seeing people lost and in pain knowing that I'm able to support them and I I hate to use the word help because it it 
kind of puts them in a position of being a victim when they're just really unaware. So my, my mission is to really support people to either improve their current relationship um, if, if they want to. And for people that aren't in a relationship, but maybe I've put it on the back burner thinking that maybe all the good ones are gone or I'm not worthy of being in a relationship or, or whatever it might be. I work with them to get past all of that and to understand that they're worthy of having an amazing relationship just because they exist, not because they've done anything to deem them worthy. Hmm. Relationships are, they can be complicated and for many, a huge source of pain, like how you mentioned your upbringing. However, they can also be the greatest sense of joy. And once you find that tribe and community and your uh, partner in life, um, be the greatest sense of joy. What, from your perspective, working with individuals and with couples, what what are some of the major sticking points that keep people from having fulfilling relationships in their lives? Um, typically what's happened somewhere in their life, it's either from their parents or from relationships that they've been in, whether it's, you know, middle grade school, middle school, high school, college, jobs, whatever. The thing that comes up the most often is self-worth and feeling powerless in the relationship. Those are the two most common things. And the most common thing that comes up with all of my clients no matter what, at some point, it always shows up as a self-worth conversation. Hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why this has, has just come to me, but I'm going to share. Because um, when you said that, for some reason, I, I got that picture of the movie Liar, Liar, <laughs> um, where Jim, Jim Carrey's in the bathroom beating himself up and the guy walks in and goes, what are you doing? He's like, I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? <laughs> and I feel like, isn't that what happens when people have self-worth uh, struggles is, if, you know, objectively, you're like, what are you doing? And people's answer, if they're honest, is I'm kicking my ass because they don't feel worthy and they're, and they're just beating the tar out of themselves. And I think what you're doing is so powerful and needed everywhere that every person should go through a healing transformation to know that they're okay. The person that they're born to be created to be is who they can be still. And in being that have beautifully fulfilled and fulfilling relationships with others. So I'm, I'm thankful you do what you do, Brad. And where, where do they go? What, you know, once they overcome that, self-worth issue then then where should someone go well if they're waiting till they get over their self-worth issue there's going to be a long wait mm. uh, because it doesn't matter where you are in life um it's you're going to have that conversation um and the reason i know that is because i've had several coaches that i've worked with on my stuff and every single one of them has said it doesn't matter where you are in life you can be the richest person in the world or the poorest person in the world, and you will have self-worth conversations. Um, I Two of my coaches are multiple six-figure earners and still have self-worth 
conversations. So mm-hmm. don't wait till you quote unquote get over your self-worth conversations because it'll always happen. Will it get better? Yeah, your self-worth conversation will start to up-level just as you up-level. So if you have always felt that and felt that you were worthy of making, you know, six figures and you get there, then you get used to that and then you go, what else is possible for me? Well, maybe I could double that. Now I'm into multiple six figures. Well, you're going to have a self-worth conversation about like, am I worth, am I worthy of that? And the answer is yes. Um, but that, that will still be a conversation that will come up for you. Or let's say it's, um, a, a, a promotion or a different job at a, with a much more responsibility or a new car or, you know, um, a new house or whatever. The self-worth conversation always comes up. So the place to start is how do we relate to ourselves and with what you do and how people treat people like people and the, the golden rule. Well, what most people are really unaware of is the way that you treat yourself will show up in the way that you typically allow others to treat you. Because you more than likely treat people like gold. I mean, if you're if you value friendships and relationships, you're going to be pretty amazing to those people most of the time. And yes, you'll have your moments where you're not amazing. Um, but what's going to happen is you will surround yourself with people that basically treat you the same way you treat yourself. So if I'm in the middle of um, kicking my own ass in the bathroom, um, (laughs) I'm going to allow people to treat me that way emotionally. I went through so many relationships with women that basically just repeated the way that my mom treated me or my dad, you know, with, my dad always being gone and then um, basically abandoning us. I went out with people that basically reinforced that message that I'm not valuable, that I'm easily just tossed aside and I don't really matter. And women that would go into story about, can I swear on here, by the way? Yeah, sure. All right. There. So you're a piece of shit. Um, you're um, a waste you know, you're an asshole, um, loser, you know, we repeat, maybe not those exact words, but it would be somewhere along those lines that I would get that message that would repeat the behavior from my mom. And that was something that I did because of the way that I was walking through the world, you know, because that was a story that I was playing in my head that I just kept repeating that since my mom was no longer around physically, you know, in my geographical, you know, um, area, she was, you know, halfway across the country. I still managed to continue that conversation that she had started. Hmm. It's almost as if we're treated a certain way growing up in the home. And then because it's home and our whole identity of home, where we sleep, where we're most vulnerable, where we eat, where we get, that source of whatever strength that we have to go out back into the world. It's almost a comforting pattern to continue the abuse, even when the abuser is no longer in your life, because it feels in some bizarre way like home. Yeah. Familiar. Yeah. And I grew up with that as far as I, 
as far back as I can remember, that's what life was like for me at home. And I don't know if it started at five, but five years old is, is the age that kind of sticks in my head, but it could have honestly started earlier. And that's all I knew, screaming, yelling, throwing things at my dad, like coffee cups, silverware, plates, um, every meal somehow ended up. So we, we ate pretty much every meal together as a family, good old Catholic style, eat at a dinner at the table or breakfast or whatever. Everyone's eating at the same time and everybody eats everything off their plate and all that good stuff. Well, that was always accompanied with, we always yell and scream at dad and you always get something thrown at him. Mm. And I didn't quite replicate that, but that uncertainty within the relationship that it wasn't really a relationship unless we were screaming at each other on some kind of regular basis. Um, and it took a lot of years to break myself of that cycle of finding people that would get into that pattern with me because that's what I knew and that's what I kept recreating for myself and it took a lot of work a lot of evaluating where I am why is this reoccurring again and I wish that I had been more aware of it sooner. I mean, everybody's journey is their journey for a reason. And I still wish that I could have discovered that sooner. Hmm. Saved a lot of people a lot of grief and learned to treat myself better sooner. At the same time, though, you did get the healing and you have impacted and now you're on a podcast and you go live and you are sharing the message so that so that perhaps those that did get hurt. Look, look, and I'm saying I hurt a lot of people as well. I mean, you and I are very similar um, and I hurt a lot of people as well. And to this day, I know that they have a negative view of me and I've tried to reconcile and, and make amends where I, where I could, and some received it beautifully and, you know, brought me to tears and some did not one, one, um, one, uh, person in particular, I said, you know, uh, when can we speak? And his response was never, (laughs) I was like, okay. And some people are going to receive it, some are not, but that that's not really the point is you are doing the right thing to, to heal. And that's all that we can do is be healers now. And that stops the cycle and that stops the lineage of hurt people hurting people. So now that you are in this place where you're helping individuals, you are on this powerful journey, you you work with um, individuals, you work with couples. I want to go back to what you said, how you treat yourself is how you allow others to treat you. Um, Are there some examples that um, specific examples that you've heard or worked with people that you've seen that not only take place, but then change when they started treating themselves differently? So, yeah, um, I have two examples. So the, the first one is, and they're both clients of mine, a former client. You know, one is still a client of mine, one is a former client of mine, and reconsidering 
um, joining up again. Um, so the thing that um, happened was, so the first person wanted to feel more powerful in the relationship. And this goes back to my earlier statement of one of the things that comes up is feeling powerless in the relationship. And so during the intake call, we went over what does that look like for you and um, came up with a plan to help her feel more powerful. And it completely changed the way she showed up in that relationship because the way she started talking to herself. And so we did a lot of um, things with like mirror work and journaling and positive affirmations and holding um, her accountable to uh, the physical exercise uh, portion of the work that I do as well um, is the way that you treat your body is another way that we talk to ourselves. And if you talk to your body in a way that says, I could give a shit about you and you eat garbage food, well, subconsciously, you're telling yourself, yeah, I don't matter. So you can do dress as great as you want, go to the, get the most expensive, amazing haircuts, but if you're feeding your body crap food, what you're really doing through your actions is telling yourself, I kind of hate you. And you're going to um, not be able to let love into your heart. It doesn't matter how much somebody wants to love you, you're going to just put up the wall and it's not going, you're not going to allow that in. So by working with people on the way that they talk with themselves and the way that they treat themselves, you then shift their mindset, or I should say they shift their mindset by doing the work and then slowly come to a place where they're like, yeah, I am worthy. I am worthy of having a great relationship. And most of all with myself, because I'm tired of being in the bathroom and kicking my own ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the second one. That's good. That's beautiful. And I'll be laser with this, but um, he has been with her current husband for almost 17 years. And it's always been a struggle in some way or form. And she wasn't sure if she was going to stay or not. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, I would tell you what I would do in that situation, but I'm not going to tell you what to do or try to influence your decision. But just know that you might discover that you want to leave. And I need to know that you're okay with that. Because if that's your decision, that's your decision. But when you start to work on yourself and you start to really realize what you're what your value is in this world and how you value yourself, you may discover if this person is unwilling to change that you want to leave. And she did end up wanting to leave because he did change for a little while, but and he decided that he, he just one day stopped being responsive. And so she said, okay. And then she actually left. But that's what happens for people when they get when they really and, understand their value and they understand how they value themselves affects the way that they allow other people to treat them. It can bring massive change into your life. That's and that's what we're all wanting anyway. <laughs> exactly. We all want to get to that place. Exactly. Well. Brother, it is such a pleasure having you on. Um, 
And how can people find you? How can, how can people connect with you? Um, you can go to bradkennycoaching.com and that's Brad P for Patrick and then Kenny K E N N Y.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. You can um, friend request me through my personal page, which is just look up Brad Kenny. And then I also have Brad Kenny coaching on uh, Facebook as well. And there are ways to book time with me. I give people um, free one hour strategy calls to discover, you know, what are their goals? What's holding them back? You know, and then you come up with a, a few simple tools to implement into a strategy. If they decide to not work with me, I'll still give them some value and some tools to work with to bring some change into their lives. Cause I want them to find that there's been value in that time that we shared. Um, and then if we decide that we want to work together, we just look at that and see what that's going to entail for them. I just make it very clear that this is going to require work. There's nobody waving a magic wand and changing their life. It's them bringing change into their own life. Hmm. It's good. It's good. And I want to thank everyone for listening today on the golden rule revolution. And remember to like comment, share, download, and help us spread the message of treating people like people and nothing less. The time is now, my friends, this is, um, this, this podcast is missional and it's so important that we stop the divisive rhetoric, that we stop talking about any person on planet earth in a way that we would not want to be talked about ourselves, that we would not act towards any person on planet earth in a way that we would not want to be acted upon ourselves. And as Brad has talked about in this episode, if you are not treating yourself well, it's time to get the healing that you need to treat yourself well. And it's time for you to be healed so that you can heal another. I'm Lucas Mack. It's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today, The Golden Rule Revolution. I look forward to speaking to you next week. We'll be right back.